The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Once again, do we came from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me once again via social distancing. We have none other than our very own Pronto Comics nominee, Destination Man Sperano. Hola, mi amigos. And we have from the Life with Jenner G, Jen Elise Feldy. Hola, my enemies. <laughs> on, on this week's show, we're going to have uh, another Jaybird and Lee segment. We have our Pronto Comics nominee, Destination Man Sperano, with his uh, comic pick of the week. That's me! And uh, I have an interview with uh, comic book creator Jason Lennox. So, but before we do any of that, we'll take it away with the news. It's Morphin Time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 26 years of conflictness in pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Uh, the next convention is scheduled for May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. And I also <laughs> want to get the shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, Award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. If you want to go and have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com. Uh, look up a Came from Radio in the search bar, and just for a dollar, you can get your own little shout-out. Also on our website, www.camefromradio.com, we have our, you can buy us a pizza. There's a little button there you can click on us, and you can get us a virtual pizza. We would greatly appreciate it. Whew. All right, so let's start off with the uh, the sad news. Tons of sad news. Thanks, yeah. Dominic, last time for uh, mentioning that we have record-breaking, almost record-breaking sad news. This one's a big one. This is a big one? This is a big, a big one. one by the names of the people involved or the amount of people? Yes, it's both, both actually. Both, okay, that's fair. All right, so let's see. Um, starting off with the sad news, legendary comic actress Cloris Leachman died recently of natural causes. Cloris appeared in a lot of movies, both made for TV and the ones on the big screen, as well as a ton of TV series. Um, I personally remember her most fondly for a few of Mel Brooks's films, Young Frankenstein, High Anxiety, as well as the animated film The Croods and his sequel, The Croods Part 2, which came out last year, and in the TV series Raising Hope in 2020, uh, 2010. Sorry. Um, of note, Cloris released her autobiography in 2009, and she won eight Primetime Emmy Awards, an Academy Award, a British Academy Film Award, a Golden Globe Award, and a Daytime Emmy Award, just to name a few. Uh, you guys uh, know uh, Cloris Leachman? She's been around forever. I mean, of course. yeah, come on. Were you a fan, not a fan? Like, you just knew she existed? Did you like any, any uh, memories of her? I was a fan of her name. I always figured she might have had a name originally, like Jen Feldman. And then she's like, you know what? I like Chlorine. I like leeches and I really like men, so let's Cloris Leachman. <laughs> that's well that's just That's a lot know, of thought process yeah. into that name. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to go with that one. Um, <laughs> 
it's interesting because I just did those interviews with the uh, people over at uh, American, American Gods? Gods, and I just watched the latest episode, and they had a nice dedication right at the, at the uh, beginning of the episode for her. So, I mean, she was great in, in her role in American Gods. She was great in uh, Beer Fest. She was obviously great in Young Frankenstein. Um, she's a fantastic actress. You can't. She's like beyond saying like, oh, I'm a fan of hers. She's almost like, it's like, be, are you like being a fan of Betty White you know it's like yes it's a given you know what I do you know, understand like it's she's yeah. an, an institution you want to marry her <laughs> yeah well, it's a little like creepy that. it's a little necrophilic but you know <laughs> um but she's like just a woman who's essentially like an institution yeah the the I mean in, at, at that at a certain age as long as you're still working you constantly reinvent yourself and like each generation knows her for certain things so like I think it's really cool that she was in American Gods and she was in the the Croods, you know, like right. so that the young people know that her. But I remember her from way back when, and especially when um, she was in Raising Hope. Like I thought that that was like a reinvention of her character because she played a a senile old lady who was constantly naked, running around, <laughs> and she I had like the best yeah, jokes. Right. She had there the best go. jokes of the show. So uh, she was a a, a spry ninety four. That, I mean, probably she made it that far because she kept working. You know, it is possible that once you get to a certain age, if you are working and keep that mind going and, you know, I, fortune I with you, believe, keeps you going, yeah. Yeah, I firmly believe that the people that make it that far in life uh, in terms of their age and or and not just like they made it that far and they were just kind of laying in a hospital bed. I mean, like they're out there doing stuff. She was working up until at least 2019, yeah, uh, 2020. Um, it's because they're active and they keep doing and have things that they want to do and they're they're interested. There was a guy that I would teach uh, uh, at the ballroom studio. He was about 94. And oh yes, the old taking, guy you mentioned him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice guy. Um, and it's uh, and as far as I know, at least he was still alive during the summer. I happened to catch him in town real quick walking by so whether you're still around um and he's got a lot of interests and a lot of passions and he has things that keep him going that's the trick oh, that's cool yeah all right so speaking of, of of things that keep people going and, and people of age of a certain age coffee um, for the, for the, for, uh, coffee coffee well let's, i'm making let's, coffee right now <laughs> coffee does keep people going it does <laughs> So I'm sure for our next bit of sad news, she drank lots of coffee. Uh, legendary actress Cecily Tyson also died recently as of this recording, which is uh, February 4th, uh, 2021. No cause of death has been announced. Uh, Cecily appeared in a multitude of films, such as uh, Concord Airport 79. I remember that. Busting Loose. I love that movie. Fried Green Tomatoes. Uh, Hoodlum Stephanie St. Clair. Diary of a Mad Black Woman, Alan Cross, and The Help, just name a few. On the small screen, Cicely appeared in such uh, shows as East Side, West Side, The Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, Roots, The Legendary Show Roots, King, A Woman Called Moses, The Marva Collins Story, Samaritan, The Mitch Snyder Story, The Women of Brewster Place, I remember that show, um, The Oldest Living Confederate Widow Tells All, Sweet Justice, The Road to Galveston, Riot, Mama Flora's Family, I remember that, uh, Lesson Before Dying, The Rosa Parks Story, Relative Stranger, A Trip to Bountiful, How to Get Away with Murder, and most recently, Cherish the Day. 
um, of note, Cicely was the recipient of three Primetime Emmy Awards, four Black Reel Awards, uh, one Screen Actors Guild Award, one Tony Award, one Honorary Academy Award, a Peabody Award, as being named, as well as being named a Kennedy Center Honoree in 2015. In 2016, she received the President Medal of Freedom, which is the highest civilian honor in the United States. And in 2020, she was inducted into the Television Hall of Fame. So once again, another legendary actress has done just about everything. Yeah, yeah that's enough. That's a lot. That's enough? You're like, yeah, I don't need no more award. Oh, yeah, if no. I was 96, I always say I'm going to die at 96. And if I had this type of list, I'd be like, okay, that's good. It's all right. You just tap out. Yeah. All right. We're good. Um, I mean, for me, uh, Roots was the, was the big one. Like, that was a, a groundbreaking television uh, series. And it launched many careers. And she, you know, once again, a legendary actress of a certain age. It's, it's crazy. It is. Uh, the first thing I remember seeing her in actually was Hoodlum, Ooh. Um, which I know you don't watch gangster movies, but I remember she did a really good job. Um, I forgot the name of the character specifically, but she was essentially a organized crime boss based off of a real person. Oh. And I love the movie because it was interesting. It had... Um, Tim Roth in it and uh, Andy Garcia playing Dutch Schultz and Lucky Luciano, and she was fantastic in it. So she was uh, another uh, uh, spry ninety six. That's <sighs> that's pretty good. So, so close to getting the letter, yeah. Yeah, so close to that letter. Um, so moving on from more sad news, writer, actor, and producer Mark with a C. I mean, that's important. Edward Wilmore also died recently from complications of the coronavirus. Uh, Mark acted, wrote, and produced such shows as In Living Color, The PJs, that was the animated Eddie Murphy uh, show on the Fox, The mm -hmm. Simpsons, and most recently, F is Red Family on Netflix. All shows I was a really big fan of, except PJs, wasn't a big fan of that, but he was in tons of stuff that, that shaped my life. Uh, were you a fan of any of those shows? In Living Color. Yeah, I mean, how can you gotta love In Living Color? That that show was groundbreaking and brilliant. Would so, that be allowed nowadays? The things no, they did, no, no, right? No, yeah, no. Like we're, we're... Jim Carrey would come out as like Fire Marshal Bell, and people who unfortunately like lost that something in a house fire would protest it. Oh my they god! Would, come on, am I wrong? I mean, people would would You're find not it wrong. offensive. They would find You're it not offensive. wrong. He's making That's true. fun of. Is no, it, he, like has it, it happened? It, it would no. happen yeah. if the show came out now. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought that actually did happen, and I'm like, <laughs> no, oh my but, god! No. <laughs> Come on, you, it's a completely believable scenario, though. If totally. Going to do like Fire Marshal Bill, you would have like there was recently or, or even just... Jamie, Jamie Foxx's Wanda. <laughs> oh yeah, or, or just uh, what were the um... Homie the Clown? The Homie the... the Clown. You couldn't do that. You you could definitely <laughs> not do the two gay guys. Oh my god, two, two snaps do. up, yeah. Especially because there was one Gaze on film, was, that was what it was called. Yeah, and there was one time where like one of them got hit in the head and he turned straight. <laughs> He's like, what am wow. I doing? And it's like, you couldn't do that. You couldn't do that today. If you did that, like the LGBTQ community would be like going after you for for even possibly insinuating that uh homosexuality was a mental disorder. Yeah. That's you know, that could but... be cured by a hit on the head, you know, like you couldn't you I do not I do not envy anyone in comedy right now. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Now, now I'm getting into it even more. I have two shows in March, and I'm just like, you know what? Come at me, bro. <laughs> yes, we, we already gentlemen. know. 
That's what we call a segue. Hashtag hashtag cancel Jennergy, yes. Jamie Foxx is still around. They could have dug up all his old stuff. I saw him on Equinox (laughs) down the street. Very nice guy. They they might you know that's when he when he does when he does something like right now if he did something really 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 big they would go after him because that's what they do. I yeah, he I mean, has, though. no, but I mean, who... like super. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff, but the the culture wasn't ready for him yet. But when they when he hits that something that's that's really popular right this minute. Yeah, I mean, it really depends too on how big you are and how vetted you are to some. To some degree, like if you've been, like no, no one's really going to try and go after Jerry Seinfeld. Tom, right? Tom Hanks, he he got a pass. Actually, they have. They recently did, kind of. Yeah, but well, it's it doesn't take. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really take. You have. Well, in the, the bigger you are, world, the more a lot egregious. of people are, and it, it's picking up. You, see, I see a lot of comedians bashing him lately. Well, that's because they're jealous. Yeah. They do. They do pick on a couple episodes of Seinfeld, but it's not like a, a sweeping movement. Yeah. Because he has you know. that, he has that shield up. <laughs> I'm like yeah. right now. As yeah. Matter of fact, uh, when we talked about Larry King passing, there was an interview that Larry King did with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and right. that uh, he ber- and he quote unquote berated him because Larry uh, thought that the show got canceled as opposed to Seinfeld left, and they were starting to attack him on that. But the shield was up, and he was finding it, and we went off to something else because the attention span is very small. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So uh, he was a uh, 57, only a, a spry 57. Wow. Uh, moving on from more, more sad news. Uh, screenwriter and producer Alan Burns also died recently, and once again, no cause of death has been announced. Alan was perhaps best known for creating and writing television sitcoms such as The Munsters, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and Rhoda. Alan also co-created such shows as My Mother the Car, Lou Grant, Friends and Lovers, and worked on such shows as Get Smart, The Duck Factory, which um, is significant because I believe that was uh, Jim Carrey's first uh, TV role, and it had um, uh, the the guy it had Don Messick, the guy, the voice of Scooby Doo in it, Whoa. like an actor. So that was really cool. Um, Eisenhower and Lutz, the Rocky and Bullwinkle show, Dudley Do Right, and George of the Jungle, just to name a few. Of no, Alan created the Captain Crunch character for Quaker Rose. Really, so it's sad that the that our uh, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino is in here because I'm sure he would have tons of stuff to say about those shows. But yeah, he, that guy uh, uh, made that guy, and he he passed away also. Um, he was a, uh, a, a I guess uh, we'll say he was a spry 85. That's not bad. How do you create a Captain Crunch character? Are you just eating cereal one day, and you're like, you know what? I'm very dissatisfied with this cereal. It doesn't have a mascot. <laughs> I think we need a captain to tell me how to put this spoon in my mouth. I, I like how, how, how your thought processes on things being created, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I would, I would think that they're like, we need a mascot. And it may was, be more that they approached him and he did the voice for Captain Crunch. No way. No, no I way. think he, he actually did like the design for, for the captain. For the captain. Oh, then, <laughs> then Kellogg, someone over at Kellogg is like, we have this thing called Captain Crunch. Draw me something. <laughs> It's, that's probably I, what I happened. doubt that's how it happened. It's, it's probably not. organic. Yes, much more yes. organic, I'm sure. <laughs> um, for the last bit of sad news, uh, this one really bothers me, and I'll get to why in a minute. Um, last bit of sad news is actor and comedian Dustin Neil Diamond also died recently from lung cancer. 
Uh, Dustin, holy crap, Dustin Willen always will be known for his role as Samuel Screech Powers in 180 episodes of Saved by the Bell, which started out in 1988 as the show Good Morning Miss Bliss and ended with Saved by the Bell, the new class on NBC. Of note, as mentioned in a previous episode of our show, Dustin was diagnosed with cancer on three weeks ago and was not involved in a new Saved by the Bell series on Peacock. In an interview last year, Dustin was asked about what he thought Screech would be up to in a new series had he had been included. Dustin says, I think now Screech would be dealing with parenthood and dealing with his kids, finding out that he's got a little Screech of his own now, and that maybe he wasn't a barrel full of roses to deal with growing up and realizing maybe was he ever that difficult. Um, the reason that this one bothers me a lot is that now that, that he's dead, his co-stars, of which they weren't really close with, and obviously not so because he's not on the series, now they're like, oh, you know, he's such a great guy, oh, we feel so bad for him, oh, you know, they're, they're so upset, quote-unquote upset, that he died. Right, right. And, like, they had their chance. They could have put him on the show, and they didn't. And now they're saying this stuff, but the other part of the hypocrisy is that if they don't say anything, as we just right. mentioned earlier, the cancel culture is like, oh, how dare you not say something about, about him dying? So they're in a mm. bad position both ways, but it's really... It, it really bothers me. Like they had their chance and they messed up, and and now they're 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 being hypocritical about it. Well, you know what it Did is they... too. Go ahead, Jen. Go ahead, Jen. Oh, I was just wondering. Did they say not so nice things while he was alive? Um, were there not so nice things said about him? They were very PC about the not nice things they said about him. Like there okay. was a there was an interview um, a couple of years ago. With uh, Mario Lopez had uh, uh, Dustin on on the on Access Hollywood, and they were talking about the book and you know and and stuff. And it was like the interview was like he didn't know who he was, you know. It was mm, like he wasn't treating gotcha. like he was like wow, you know, we work together. How are things going? It was just like a straightforward. You're just somebody who I just have to interview a person, and you could feel the tension. It's like weird. Mm, okay. Like he's asking him, oh, you know, what did you? Mm. How, how was it on the set? And people were like you know, dude, you were with me on the set. Why are you asking me? About things on the set, if you were there with me, mm. so it was. It, and and then there's a, a clip of um, uh, what the hell, uh, Brecken Meyer, and Mark Paul Gosler talking about um, uh, the book that came out, and Brecken Meyer took the heat and was saying literally saying bad things about uh, Dustin, and Mark was just sitting there, kind of just like nodding wow. in silence, but he wasn't objecting and he wasn't really agreeing with it but he just let kind of let it happen so it's like one of those things that they were very pc about it oh he was you know we, we we really didn't get along or that kind of thing but still the fact that he wasn't on the show and remember um mario lopez and elizabeth berkeley were executive producers on the show right they, they could have had him on if they wanted easily easily they could have had him on i mean they got lord Voorhees on and i remember they made a big thing about her not being invited and they put on a little cameo they had her on there on the show so they could have done it, and it, it really bothers me. That well, it's not the first time they've excluded him because I know they did some sort of help, like People Magazine will do like reunion shoots. Yes, they, they had a reunion of People Magazine. I know that he was not in that. And then the, there was a um uh the the Tonight Show. Jimmy Fallon did the reunion of the four main right. cast members, and they just kind of you know put I think those it really, to the side. I think it really came after like he put his book out. What was it called? Beyond the Bell or something like that. Yes. And where he like basically it was a trashy tabloidy book. Like where he probably I, I don't know. I haven't read the book, but I've, as I understand, the other cast members weren't happy. Right. About what he said in that book. Because look, 
they were what? Maybe in their 20s? Not even. They were old kids. They were young, yeah. And I, I just, do you, does anyone want to have whatever mistakes and stupid stuff they did back then put into a book for people to read? No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, And you know why he did it, because his career was not going well. Yes. He did money, and he put it out there. So I don't... I don't blame them for probably being upset and excluding them. It's like, dude, you, right. you broke but, ranks. You spoke bad about the family. You, you went and told people what's going on. But my point is, we did 20 years ago. So, but the point is, you know, why now? Oh, you know, they, they have nothing but nice things to say about him when they, they had the opportunity and, and to his quote unquote, that's defense, people and people are gross <laughs> to his quote unquote defense. Um, uh, he was interviewed many a times and uh, you can go look up on YouTube, see the interviews. And he said that he had a ghostwriter and that, you know, he didn't have final approval of the book. That was his excuse. So whether it's true or not, who's to say, but that was what he had to say about the book. Yeah, I know. And like they all have ghost writers and stuff, but yeah, again, it, it's kind of like, you know, you go and you probably slam these people and who knows if he even like really said anything if he had a ghost writer, but still I'm sure they put in stuff and it could, yeah. what's worse is if there were like just a bunch of lies in the book. I know. <laughs> stuff. Well, no, you don't want that guy around. And if you notice, whenever they like Tiffany Thiessen and Mark Paul Gossler and Mario Lopez, all the stuff they put out, it was about the time when they were on the show together. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was like, we really liked him then. He was really cool then. Mm-hmm. We were yeah. grateful to be with him then. It's like, it's not about what he's done recently. And I think mm-hmm. that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, you know, I there, guess. Are a lot of, there are people in my life like I don't like now, but I liked way, way up, once upon a time. And if they were to die tomorrow, exactly. and someone <laughs> asked me to say something, I'd say something about when, you know, the, when I thought of them better. Hmm. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention is that Dustin participated in a celebrity boxing match on Fox yeah. fighting Ron Palilio, who played Horshack on the series Welcome Back, Cotter. Right. Uh, I remember that. Also, I was like, oh, I got to see that. Uh, so, yeah, I remember that. Uh, he was a, a young 44. He was young. 44. Yeah, I mean, what's shocking to me is how he had just suddenly got, not suddenly, obviously, he was building for some time. But he got this, diagnosed and then it went this, yeah. um, with Three lung weeks. cancer, this like small cell carcinoma lung cancer. And then, bam. And it's like, was the dude a heavy smoker? Like, how did this happen? Like, where did this come from? What to me, it's just it's at 44 to get that kind of a cancer. Yeah. Yeah. It's right up there with like Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Uh, it's like, wow, those are those are cancers for people who are typically much older. Yeah. And had been abusing them, you know, not colon cancer specifically, but usually lung cancer, you just associate with smoking. So it's just crazy to me. So that's it for the sad news. We have a, we have some time for some, some not as sad news. Let's see what I can. <laughs> not good, but just not as sad. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's, let's do this. One. This one's a cool one. Uh, from the Who Needs a Nightlight Department, a Kickstarter campaign has been launched for the world's first glow-in-the-dark comic. Break uh, colon run is a post-apocalyptic cyberpunk comic that takes place on a deep space colony that has survived the fall of a nuclear war. Huh. Uh, Break uh, colon run uh, utilizes night luminous ink and a silk screen printing process to create a glow in the dark effect for his art. Uh, executives say, "I'm usually prone to hyperbole, but in this case, this is actually a fact. No one has ever tried to create a full-length glow in the dark comic before. There is magic in physical books and extra magic in one that glows." Uh, the book is set out to be coming out in May of this year. That's kind of cool. Glow in the dark book. 
That is pretty cool. It's, you know, that way you can like read it in your bed and keep the lights off and mom and dad won't know. You want to say something, Jane? Or if you're married, you want to read it under the covers. That can work. I like the fact that they tie in the nuclear fallout to the to the story, and so that why the book glows in the dark. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool too. Uh, let's Maybe see. We'll that is some really not bad news. <laughs> what was that, Jen? The radiation is kind of high lately, so maybe we'll start going in the dark soon. And, and yes, Dominic, you're correct. It's not not bad news at all. Yeah. Um, let's see. I got to uh, know. What is this background noise I'm hearing? So apparently they're doing some type of construction in one of the apartments next door. And that's just... Uh, it's, we it's should much, tell them to stop. It's much louder here than hopefully it, it's picking up. We should um, tell them that no, you're it's, it's a radio up. show. Yeah, how dare <laughs> they? Yeah, how dare they, yes. And they were, they were all day. There was nothing, and then they just start. Hey, he's doing a radio show. Let's let's start now. Um, I'm just hearing it. I'm like, is there a ship coming in? What's going on? Wow, that's <laughs> a great segue, Dominic. So the Thank last, uh, so let's see, if we get this uh, done. So from one more bit of news, maybe we can get to one more uh, from the. Just sit right back, and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Department. Amex Comics and Skybound Entertainment are developing a comic convention, you guessed it, on a cruise ship. (laughs) Executive says, (laughs) calling all comic lovers, it's been a wild year to say the least, and we've been spending a lot of time thinking about what to bring to the comic community together when things are safe. Our solution, a good old vacation. We know everyone can use one, and we'd love to get your feedback on bringing the con floor to the ocean with an immersive cruise vacation centered around all things comics. From where you feel comfortable setting sail with fellow fans again, or where you'd like to go, felt the survey and let us know. Uh, as the statement suggests, the companies are very open to getting con-goers' feedback and suggestions by having them fill out a survey and are looking to set sail in 2022 or 2023, depending on how the pandemic pans out. Convention on the cruise ship! I know they've had some before. Like, I was going to say, the, I know they've done this. They've had the Bionic cruise, I remember that, and they've had um, a wrestling cruise, I know they've had that, but like a full-on, regular Comic-Con on a boat? What are your thoughts on that? Especially now. Never. It's kind of interesting because, like, I've only taken a cruise once in my life. I would like really? to really some. Yeah, how many cruises have you taken, Mark? Uh, none. I, I okay. feel the boat's gonna sink. <laughs> yeah, no, but mm-hmm. I've taken I've, I've taken mm-hmm. a cruise once in my life, and it was a fun experience. Um, but I don't know. People that go to Comic Cons are in what we would necessarily call extroverted or even adventurous to some degree. You know, like trying to get them on a boat in sunshine. I don't know how that'll work. <laughs> what do you think, Jen? Do you, uh, they don't you see go? the sun, you know? They don't see the sun. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I know for me, two hours is my max to spend time with someone. So if I can't <laughs> get off the boat after two hours, it's going to be a problem. You're, you're going to be the one on the life raft and just swimming away? <laughs> Yeah, it's like two hours is like, all right, we're good here. We, we got to jump overboard. So, so you'd be good for like one of those cruises that just goes around Manhattan. A circle line. You're on, you're on a circle line. Yeah. Yeah, even that's pushing it. But OK, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's interesting to, to think about that a little outside the box thinking. But like after all the stuff we've heard about the cruise ships of this past year. Right. Right. I would think nobody would ever want to sit no. on a cruise ship ever again, especially oh. for a convention. <laughs> I'll tell you this, like if it's on a carnival, because like carnival was the one that was having all those uh-huh. problems with, with their cruise ships. Like, I don't know, man. 
I don't know. And actually, the one cruise I was on was a Carnival cruise, <laughs> and it it was nice, but it wasn't like like the level of opulence that I've heard about. I'm always afraid I was going to get. I'm I'm afraid that the boat's going to sink, and I'm also afraid yeah. that if you get on, you know, you go onto like one of the islands, that the boat's going to leave you. So well, like those two fears, gone, yeah. those two yeah. fears, like no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the bigger thing to be afraid of when it comes to um, a cruise ship is that someone like throws you overboard, and murders you. That's apparently a very common thing. Not like mm-hmm. super common, but it, it's been known to happen. Puts a new meaning to the term murder cruise. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So let's see. We have time. We have under uh, three minutes. So let's get this in quick. Last bit of news. From the, I guess it depends on the mold department. Mattel has announced that they're making a game show based on, wait for it, Whack-A-Mole. Executives say Whack-A-Mole is a game show that will turn the game into a, an elimination competition during which opposing teams will use their skill, strength, and endurance to face off to become the ultimate Whack-A-Mole champion. The unscripted series will incorporate a life-size Whack-A-Mole races and obstacles along with a twist. Uh, the TV execs say Whack-A-Mole is a beloved action-paced arcade game with a deep fan following and interactive nature and comedy energy of the game makes it a grand, a grand franchise for episodic television. Um, the game dates back to the 70s and was turned into a board game back in 29, uh, 20, 2009 and in essence uh, features a mallet, uh, animatronic moles, and ran- randomly pop out of holes and you hit them with the mallet. And that's it. That's the whole game. That's the, um, yeah, that's the game. <laughs> a whack-a-mole TV show. Would you watch it? No. Yeah. Wait. All right. We got one. No one. Yes. All right. So let's see. All right, Jen. Why would you? Why would you watch it? What's What's the convincing point here? Oh, uh, because it's ridiculous. So I'd like to see a few minutes of it. But oh, so you already watched the whole so? episode? Yeah, I don't know about the whole episode. And every single week, I don't know about that. All right, Dominic. You You said no. So why would you not have well, people watch all, it? I'm really not a game show watcher anyway okay so like i barely watch game shows as it is and on top of that i am not watching a game show (laughs) this stupid i i i i'm kind of in the middle ground like i'm i it all depends on the mole like if the mole is like some wacky character that you really hate and you just want to you just want to smash that thing i think it might be interesting just to watch a little bit of it just to see the people get the aggression out like like the whammy you remember the whammy from a pressure yes Right, yes. right. It was, yeah. it, everybody watches for the whammy. Nobody care about the question. Yeah. Nobody, you just you want to see the whammy. Something and maybe if they did like that type of thing, it might be interesting for maybe a couple episodes. Maybe. I think maybe. they should have a tired mother bring all her children there, and the children keep popping up out of the holes, and the mother keeps going, <laughs> "Get down, get down." Oh, that I'd watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That sounds interesting. You would watch parental abuse. Well, yeah. Kind of with, a, just with, a with a mallet, just <laughs> in a, a mallet. soft mallet. <laughs> a soft mallet. That's oh, that's much better. Like a marshmallow mallet. All right, so they they, they hit him with a with a with a marshmallow a weapon, and mm-hmm. their their kids just pop out, or not even, or or a teacher and them and some kids, because you know you got to have more than more than five kids. <laughs> yeah, I'll teach kids to be quiet and know their place. <laughs> Not enough kids <laughs> actually know that. So all right, that's <laughs> that, that's funnier than, than it should be. I find that extremely funny. Um, I don't know if it's just me. Uh, so <laughs> that's it for the news. I do like the idea of kids should be seen and not heard. So 
Uh, so that's it for the news. Uh, you have any final thoughts before we take our break? Uh, Dominic, final thought? Uh, yeah, kids should be seen and not heard. <laughs> Jen, final thought? Um, kids should be flushed uh, down the toilet. Never, never mind. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, brush your teeth. So much violence towards children. That just got dark. We're never going to be back on that Christian radio. I meant, oh. I, I meant like, you know, like tadpoles. You know, like if the tadpoles <laughs> oh, my, into your... No, just stop talking. You're not, you're not just, helping. Just you're not helping. Stop. <laughs> so with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with a came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear you your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Get ready for the next DC Comics event. Future State! Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 3 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or Independent Comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Thank you and stay safe! Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about Wonder Woman 84. Yes, Wonder Woman 1984, a movie that came out in Christmas that I'm sure a ton of people have been talking about already. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> to keep it short, it wasn't good. All in right. In my opinion. Okay, and we watched that on the HBO Max, right? So, mm-hmm. um,. Yeah, I tend to agree. I wasn't really a big fan of it. Um, no, it uh, wasn't... Well, what didn't you like about it? It seemed cheesy. So, And also, Wonder Woman is supposed to be about Wonder Woman. It was more about the villains and other characters than it actually was about Wonder Woman. Yeah, it seemed like an origin story for the bad guys. Yeah, so... But it shouldn't have been named Wonder Woman if it's an origin story for the bad guys. Well, I think it's a Wonder Woman movie. It's just not the one that you wanted to see because it sounded like... It was more of a love story for Wonder Woman rather than, like, action and... Yeah, it's a little weird that after what when did that guy? It was World War Two when. Yeah, it was confusing. What was? Well, when that other guy, when her love interest passed away, and it was like thirty years later or forty years later. Uh, I don't even know at this point. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, it's a long time to be mourning over somebody and not have moved on at this point. And my thing is, is she's going out and saving people. How come, like, nope. Nobody's talking about her, really. You know, out in the world, they're kind of. She's obviously out there, saving people and busting up uh, malls or whatever. You know, yeah. the bad guys at malls. Also, you know? isn't she supposed to like not be seen by anyone? Well, that's the whole thing, right? She's and she a, was seen by like thousands of people. That she was definitely seen by a lot of people. I mean, like, how does she get away with it? <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. It doesn't really consistently go with. The Justice League stuff that they were doing, right? So her, uh, her storyline got sort of messed up in this one. I feel like the it was just confusing. Also, the uh, graphics or oh, the graphics seemed terrible. They were horrible. Right? It's like it's like we went back in time with those. Like 
when she was running, it looked fake. You could see it was a green screen. <laughs> yeah, I guess they decided not to put in the full, um, you know, nine yards on that one. I mean, obviously the movie was, like, not great. I mean, the problem for us was that we were doing it, we were going to show it, well, we did show it. We showed it basically on Christmas, or the next day anyway. Yeah. And we were having, let's get the popcorn and everybody come over. We're going to watch Wonder Woman, and we had everyone yeah. over. We had one kid fall asleep within five minutes of the movie. Well, no, after the first ten minutes. After, after the, the first ten minutes, uh, my cousin. Yeah, asleep. she fell asleep. The other one decided to walk off and go do. That was something. mom. Mom. Oh was, right, yeah. Mom walked up. Mom was the one who wanted us to watch the movie, and then she walked off and did something. The person else. who organized the party walked out of the room and went somewhere else yeah. for two hours, and then we were stuck watching the movie. And um, my uncle's aunt, yeah, aunt, right? Yeah. yeah, their baby got up and was just up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it was a very strange time. Like our group of people, one walked out, one fell asleep. We had two that were trying to make it through. We had one person also just eating popcorn as much as possible the whole time. <laughs> and then we had another another person who just walked out and was in the kitchen half the night because they yeah. didn't want to see it. So we would have shut it off, but, you know... We sort of wanted to see how bad it would be. It was kind of like a train wreck, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or a, a car accident. We were kind of rubbernecking to see hopefully it was going to get better. It's going to get better. Yeah. It's going to get better. And it didn't get better. It didn't get better at all. <laughs> so anything anyway. it got... Uh, Worse. So I'm guessing you don't like this movie and you want to give no. it a thumbs down, right? Definitely. Mm, all right. I saw the ratings are like four, five point seven. Is oh out yeah. of out of ten or something? What is that? Rotten Tomatoes or something? Uh, that's I think IMDb. Oh, okay. Then yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is like sixty four percent approval. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was uh, you know not a great film. Yeah, also, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that. I'd good. rate it like a three. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know, they are going to make a Wonder Woman 3. Hopefully it'll be Hopefully better. Hopefully it's better. I hope so. Anyway, yeah. um, we're not recommending that one, and we, uh, you know, we're out of here. So <laughs> anyway. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. See ya. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website www.itcamefromradio.com and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From Real, the official Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me, I have a special guest, combo creator, Jason Lennox. Say hi, Jason. Hey, say hi, Jason. I'm here tonight on It Came From The Radio. Love it. So, let's let's just write down to the basics. Uh, comic creator, are you writer, artist, um, letterer, editor, do you do it at all? What do you do? So in this case with Lords of the Cosmos, I'm an editor. I'm a creator. I primarily do art, but I've managed to get more into writing as we've gone into issue four. So I've, I put my, my hat in the writing arena a little bit. So I did co-write one of the stories uh, in this issue called The Hunger with my fellow creator, Jason Palmatier. So that was exciting. So it's a Jason and Jason production. Jason, Jason, and Dennis. So Dennis is our third partner, and he lives in Los Angeles, California. And Jason Palmatier and I both live in rural State College, Pennsylvania, home of the Pennsylvania State University. Wow. All right. So you're you're actually promoting the Kickstarter for issue number four. So let's go back yes. to issue number one. Tell us what the story is about. 
So what the story's about with Lords of the Cosmos is there's a planet called Aiden, and Aiden is a world that is lost to space and time, and it has magic, it has technology, it has cyborgs, it has wizards, it has talking animals, it has heroes with swords, and it has villains with cybernetic tentacles, and it's about the Lords of the Cosmos fighting their ancient enemies, the disciples of Umex, and the people of the planet Aiden are caught in the middle, and they've had wars before and conflicts before, and each side is composed of over-the-top characters of all different genres, uh, which again can include cyborgs, wizards, talking animals, barbarians, and they are locked in a conflict to the death that hopefully we wrap up around issue seven. Holy so crap. That what, yeah, that's what the <laughs> cosmos is. And this is kind of about the middle part of this big uh, arc to launch it. Each book uh, has had between three and four stories. I draw uh, the main story and I help with some editing and writing on that. Uh, Dave Sharp, who does a ton of stuff for uh, Green Lantern with DC, does all of our lettering. Dave's a friend. Love you, Dave. Um, but each issue has backup stories that highlight some of the things that we introduce in the main story. So it's like one big uh, tree with like lots of little branches going out that you can start going down different rabbit holes in each book. I think I should have asked you what's not in the book and what is in the book because good God, it's a lot of stuff. We, we've got a lot of stuff in the newest issue. We have the origin story of the main hero's evil talking sword, well, evil and that it wants to kill everyone. Uh, Mordanix, who is a villain that was a human and now is part human, part spider acid tank mech. <laughs> and the other backup story is the origin of the talking cat the heroes have and the last of the uh, biomechanical wizards that are that were heroes and guardians of the planets before they were mostly killed by Umex and his evil minions, the bad guys in the book. So right. you get, yeah, you get the, well, and then actually in Mordanix's origin story, we get to see for the first time uh, a battleship-sized turtle that works for the heroes called Iron Shell, where the, he is basically a World War II battleship conning tower on his shell, and he uh, we see him shell a beach like a World War II uh, amphibious assault attack. So he's a character that's gotten a lot of attention as Iron Shell from this book, just from some of the images we've shared. So this is like overload for so much content. So let's let's. Let's scale it down a little bit. You've got to be, you've got to be a child of the eighties and nineties, right? Am I, am I all right? Cause I'm like, it seems like you'd have put everything into the kitchen sink in this. So where did this idea come from uh, with your partners and yourself? Was it like, this is what we like. Let's just get it all in there. Or did you, or did you form a thought? Let's make a comic and then decide what's going to come into the story. Great question. So around 2015, I was doing a signing for one of my earlier books uh, down in New York, Pennsylvania and at the comic store. And it's a place that no longer exists. Um, they were selling copies of a new DC Masters of the Universe book, and I was excited to see it. So I bought a copy and took it home. Uh, I read it and I hated it. And all I could think about for a couple of weeks was how angry I was with how stupid that uh, this book turned out and how much I didn't like it. And then I started thinking about why can't I make a comic project that's like masters of the universe so i had it in my head and i ran into uh, jason palmatier at work of all places um and we had nothing to do with art at this job and uh, we were talking in passing and I, I said i had this idea for like an 80s comic book you seem to be into that stuff and you're a writer and he confirmed all that and i pitched him my idea and i said would you want to work with me locally to, to do this concept book uh, we didn't even have a title at the time and he said, I'm in, but can we get my one friend involved that's from here, but moved to L.A. to do TV and movie scripts? And I said, that sounds great. And that was Dennis. And then uh, we had a, a phone call uh, where Jason asked me to pitch it to, to, to Dennis. 
and I pitched it and I gave him some of my credentials and he said, dude, I, I, it was like Rick and Morty. Uh, I'm in, right? They have said Rick and Morty where they're like, uh, I'm in. And uh, so we said, okay, we got to make a book and what are we going to call it? And we wrote down the words masters of the universe and crossed out masters and crossed out universe and got a thesaurus and we, we changed it to <laughs> Lord of the cosmos. And that was how it started. Three guys that were children of the eighties and nineties and uh, you know, saying you son of a, I'm in. And then from there we designed all the characters and started sketching out a story. And then we started putting together issue one around 2016 uh, and we realized that I couldn't do all the art and the schedule. We wanted to do all these stories. So we brought in other artists, which we've done every issue since. And then that first issue has my main story and then it has three backup stories. And then, like I said, the other issues, two, three, and now four have all followed that format. So that's where it came from. So how does, how do you work out letting go of some of your ideas to work with other people? Cause when you're, when you're the sole writer or sole creator, you have creative control. How is it working with other people who have their own ideas and may not necessarily agree with your ideas, but it's, it was originally your idea. How do you work out with that? So one of the most important things that Dennis and Jason and I did was at the very beginning, uh, we, we actually worked with a lawyer and made a contract about, you know, who owns it, who has final editorial control, what happens if it becomes TV, movie, whatever. Wow. It's just the case. Um, because we're all grown ups and we knew that, hey, we think our idea is great. Let's treat it like it is great. What happens if this becomes a TV series or a movie or a cartoon? So we worked all that out in a legal agreement before the book ever came out. Um, is kind of a, a, a cornerstone of the project, which is a great thing for any creative group to do. Outside of that, Dennis and Jason, between the three of us, um, I love those two guys. We're very simpatico, even though we don't all live close to each other. Um, we communicate frequently by email and text. Uh, and we don't always agree, right? But at this point, we've been doing this long enough that we are very respectful of each other's talents. I don't think we've had an unkind word between us. We disagree. And there's some things we do fight about, but I think with creatives, if we're just rubber stamping everything, that's not good. So I love when Dennis and Jason and I get to have a friendly argument because those arguments are about making Lords of the Cosmos better. We've worked with a ton of other writers and artists to this point through four issues and working on issues five and six simultaneously right now in the background. And we take feedback. We, we send feedback. We get feedback from other creators. And if people like an idea hard enough, we'll tell them to fight for it. And if they can prove it to us, it's a better idea. We'll, we'll, our, our, our editorial stance is we want to make this thing as good as possible. And you got to take your ego out of it. So when you see Lords of the Cosmos book, it's because we thought was the best thing, not because it was my idea. And part of that is being mature enough to let the stuff go and to know that you're not always going to have the best idea. But if you love the best idea, wherever it's coming from, listen to that and go with it and take your ego out of it. I got to say that not too many guests we've had on the show actually talk about what I would I would qualify as is it's a prenup. It's a comic book prenup, which is what you decided to do beforehand. I mean, is that something that you always had in the back of your mind? Like if I'm ever going to come up with a project, I want to make sure that the legal end is is all taken care of, because usually you get people. I like this guy. This guy just put the book together and then everything else happens later. So was, is that something that you had foresight or something that was a cautionary tale or was it just oh. you just decided to go that way? So Dennis is heavily into the film and TV industry. So he's, he is incredibly smart with that. Um, and he, uh, I believe initially brought it up. Um, and around that time, if I'm thinking correctly, there was a lot of real negative uh, press about um, 
all the stuff around Walking Dead with lawsuits. And I know there was a huge fight with the original creative team around that book that was in the news. And we kind of saw that and said, hmm, if they would have had the foresight to take a minute and do this before they became a huge hit, they wouldn't have had all this fighting. And it was very negative in the news. And I don't even know how it turned out. But um, actually, even recently, I've been following a story on Facebook. And I'm not going to name the names because it's not public news per se, where there's there's a creative team over a pretty popular independent book that are now fighting amongst each other and it's very negative and people are saying they're going to go to court and get lawyers and you know when you see that stuff the 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 current thing that i'm referencing reminds me we did the right thing the stuff back from a couple years ago with walking dead at the time was like we need to think about this because treat it like it's going to be successful maybe it doesn't become that big and it's not an issue but what if it does if you believe in your project that's always the hope that it becomes big but what happens if you have no plan and all of a sudden there's a lot of money? It'll cause people to fight. So, yeah, that was a huge thing for us right off the bat. Just hmm. playing it safe. So since you have the foresight of um, hopefully turning this into a uh, what is it, a transmedia property, that's the title. Sure. Um, do you actually think ahead of time, like, what would it look on video? What would it look on real life? Who would be the actors? Do you have any of those thoughts in your mind or it's just something you just set aside and just focus on the book first? So I – think about Lords of the Cosmos in terms of the comic book, but I also think in terms of it uh, as an animated series with different animation teams doing different segments of different episodes. So it's just like the book where there's different artistic teams. And I think it would lend itself very well to an anthology series, uh, anime animation series. Uh, One that sticks out in my head that I rewatched recently is Animatrix, because I think that project was really cool taking one theme, the matrix and letting different creative teams use their artistic style and their editorial viewpoint to tell nine different stories about the matrix to me it would be something like that with different animation studios doing different segments about the overall story and it could be like retro new cgi anime etc that's how i would see it because again we've thrived on having different artists and their diverse styles we welcome it so i think visually it would be fun to see different animation studios tackle lords of the cosmos if it got to that point and even live action because that's a different wrinkle so even a live action say Oh, all right. So we're almost out of time. So um, let's do the social media stuff. Where can people find more about the Kickstarter campaign? Where can they find out more about the book? Go. So the Kickstarter is Lords of the Cosmos foreign Kickstarter. It is pinned to the top of my Twitter page at Lennox artist. Um, It's all over my Instagram page at Lennox artist. It's also pinned to my Facebook art page, which is facebook.com slash Jason Lennox illustrator. It's also pinned to the top right side of my website, Jason Lennox with one N.com. Uh, and then if you want to go to my web store, it's uh, Lennox art Emporium on Etsy. So those are all the places you can find my stuff and Lords of the Cosmos via my social medias. Now uh, it's on Kickstarter. So that means you get a whole bunch of extra stuff, right? Whenever you uh, sign up for Kickstarter. So what kind of, what's the best stuff that you can uh, mention with uh, two minutes or less? What's the best uh, perks you can get for uh, contributing on Kickstarter? Right now, we have a lot of really cool original art pages from myself and Sasha Fiardo that are all $100 or less. Um, we have the original Willem uh, cover. He's a fellow from Russia. His cover is amazing. Uh, he looks like Jeff. He does work like Jeff Darrow. That's available for $175. You can get sketch covers. You can get T-shirts. You can get uh, the books, all four, uh, for $35 bucks physical and $15 for all four issues of PDF. 
And it's, uh, what's the what's the release schedule? Because it's, it's issue four. You said it's probably going to go up to issue six. So it was like every month, every two months. How's the, that for? Well, I'll be honest. I wish we were faster, but we've seen a knockout about one issue a year. So my goal is to get this wrapped and in the backers' hands by the by about July, and then uh, we'll start working on the Kickstarter prep for issue five, and hopefully we launch it yeah, probably around this time next year. And it's a uh, beginning, middle, end. When you get to issue six, that's it. There's no uh, extra stuff you have to get. You have the full story. Uh, I think issue seven is where we're going to have issue to seven, so, seven. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see, we have less than a minute to go. So do you have any final thoughts you want to share before we uh, take it a break? If you love the eighties, if you love watching cartoons on Saturday morning after school, if you got excited when the Sears catalog came out and you scrolled to the toy section to see all the transformers, he-mans and GI Joes, then you should check my book out because Lords of the Cosmos was designed with all those things in its DNA. And if you like those things, you will love this book and you should check it out and back it on Kickstarter. Lords of the Cosmos 4. So my final thought is this. Uh, Jason, thanks for being a guest on the show. Um, it sounds like a really cool thing. Um, I want to have you back when we have more time. Um, it sounds like everything but the kitchen sink is in this project. Um, make sure everybody goes check it out. That is Lords of the, say it again, Lords of Chaos? Lords of the Cosmos. Lords of the Cosmos. Yeah, I had to see right. Those are the cosmos on Kickstarter. So thank you very much. And with that, we're going to take our break. We'll be right back with it came from the radio. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. So, welcome back to the comic book pick of the week. Here is the second part of the Neil Gaiman Double Punch, which I started the week before. This week's pick of the week is the comic book series Lucifer, which has become very popular in the fact that you have the Netflix series Lucifer starring Tom Ellis, uh, which is a show I watch and I've discussed a little bit uh, when I did the Sandman pick months back. Uh, first of all, the show is a lot of fun. I enjoy it, but the comic itself is also really fantastic. And it's, the reason why it's a double punch is because the character of Lucifer within the Vertigo DC uh, realm was brought to us by Neil Gaiman. I can't really say created because obviously the concept of Lucifer far predates uh, anything that Neil Gaiman has done. However, so... Here's what Wikipedia says about the book. Lucifer Samael Morningstar is a character who appears in American comic books published by DC Comics. He is an adaptation of Lucifer, the biblical fallen angel and devil of Christianity, and is one of the most powerful beings in the DC universe. Though various versions of the devil have been presented by DC Comics, this interpretation by Neil Gaiman debuted in The Sandman, Volume 2, Number 4, in 1989. Lucifer appears primarily as a supporting character in The Sandman and as the protagonist in the spin-off, Lucifer, which is the comic 
I'm talking about today. The ongoing Lucifer spin-off series written by Mike Carey depicted his adventures on Earth, Heaven, and in the various other realms of his family's creations and in uncreated voids after abandoning Hell in the Sandman, which is sort of where the TV show takes place. Lucifer also appears as a supporting character in issues of The Demon, The Spectre, and other DC Universe comics. Two angels, a human, and briefly Superman have taken his place as ruler of hell, which I had no idea. I didn't know. That's kind of cool. Lucifer made his first live appearance in the 2005 film Constantine, which I think is um, underrated. I really enjoyed that movie. It's not a great adaptation of the comics in terms of the storyline, but visually... It is amazing. Anyway, uh, and features an alternate version in the television series Lucifer, portrayed by Tom Ellis. This is kind of a cool little thing. I didn't realize this, and i got to watch this now. Ellis made a cameo as the character in the Arrowverse crossover Crisis of Infinite Earths, and this is why I'm doing the double shot. Gwendolyn Christie, um, who is best known for her work in Star Wars, as Mark would call it, the train wreck Star Wars and on Game of Thrones, is set to portray a more comic-accurate version in the upcoming television series The Sandman on Netflix. So because of this casting news, which I talked about and mentioned last week, I did this Neil Gaiman double shot of picks, and I really do recommend the book. uh, The book is beautifully done, beautifully drawn, great um, storytelling in the book. Uh, I think it runs a about 70 some odd issues um but it it, they're all worth it in my opinion uh you can get it obviously uh by going to dccomics.com amazon.com um really just google it it's pretty easy to find again if you have a comic book store that is open and people are going to and you can go browse in person i really recommend that Always support some local businesses. So anyway, that is the conclusion of the Neil Gaiman double shot for last week and this week. This week's pick of the week, Lucifer by Vertigo DC Comics. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. 
So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our website, www.camefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com, goodtalkradio.com, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the cost, do it. If the cost outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark. Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.